Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder, on the road again, or on a train again. This happens to be a Thameslink train just pulling away from London Bridge Station, heading for Gatwick Airport and Brighton. I'm making the most of it today because, well, from Saturday, the national rail strikes across England resume. That will mean that this train almost certainly will be cancelled along with thousands of others. So I wanted to tell you what was happening and then dig a bit deeper as to how long this is going to be going on for. Just the background, of course, the uh, national rail strikes, first one since the 1980s, resumed in June 2022. Yes, that is exactly 14 months ago. 21st of June, it was Midsummer's Day. The disputes, well, there's a couple of them really, between the RMT union and ASLEF, the train drivers union, against the train operators. And even though the unions have rather different uh, views and different asks and they've been made different offers, the disputes really boil down to a couple of things. The first one is that they want an, uh, no, uh, a no-strings-pay offer. That's all they want. They just want a decent pay rise to reflect the fact that many of them haven't had an increase in pay for four years. And they want something which at least recognises the very high level of inflation since then. So that's what uh, is happening with the union side and you may well think well that sounds uh, entirely reasonable on the other side you've got the train operators 14 of them including all the main long distance intercity uh, services in England as well as main commuter services as well as um, companies such as West Midlands Trains and Chiltern, which have lots of stuff going on in the Midlands, and Northern, which runs, um, well, quite a lot of local services. Guess what? In the north of England. Uh, they say, yes, we want to give you a pay increase. Of course we do, because we want to um, make sure that you are properly rewarded for the excellent work you do. But we can only afford to give you a modest pay rise if you are able to accept that we're going to have different terms and conditions and that is the uh, stumbling block so offers have been made typically sort of four percent for last year four percent for this year and rather higher increases for poorly paid members of the RMT union I don't think there's any poorly paid members of the ASLEF train drivers union And the idea is 4% last year, 4% this year, uh, which I think the unions would accept as a no-strings deal, but they're certainly not going to accept it if 
they are supposed to be changing their working arrangements. And that's because historically they have all got used to the idea that if there's going to be changes made, well, those are hard won terms and conditions which are not going to be given up lightly, so therefore they're going to be bought. So whether that's um, turning Sunday into part of the working week, whether it's uh, reducing the amount of staffing that is required in some situations, whatever it is, um, they will come round to it if the uh, pay offer is high enough and that's on top of the increase just to recognise inflation. The train operators say, well, that's impossible. You know it's impossible. Covid meant that uh, we're, the finances are in a terrible state. Um, we've lost uh, 30% of our income and we cannot possibly afford to pay this because ultimately, as you know, rail unions, it will just be coming out of the taxpayer's pocket. And the unions are kind of saying, yeah, well, of course it will, but we're an essential service. So, uh, of course, it will come out of the taxpayer's pocket. And um, thank you very much. But that's the deal. Uh, ministers ultimately will sign this off. And they are going, uh, they are very much um, backing the train operators, or rather the train operators are doing their bidding. And there have not been any negotiations with either the RMT or ASLEF and the train operators since April and it's since January that uh, the union leaders last met um, the Transport Secretary Mark Harper. So this is a pretty good definition of deadlock. Strikes just happening as they are going to be next coming Saturday the 26th of August. That's the RMT. It will have quite a profound impact on trains in England. Then, Friday, the 1st of September, as left, train drivers are going on strike. That will actually have a much deeper impact because they are, uh, um, in, in terms of industrial action, more powerful than the RMT union. So you will typically get, for example, um, the uh, southeastern network or Avanti West Coast just saying we cannot possibly run these services so we're not going to run anything at all. That's very different from an RMT day where southeastern will run a modest network as far as Canterbury and a few stations in Kent and uh, Avanti West Coast will one, run one train an hour on all its main links. So it's going to be a big impact on the 1st of September then into the 2nd of September when the RMT are going on strike again and to compound things the train drivers union ASLEF has a overtime ban on that day although I'm not sure how much you are going to notice that simply because it's uh, going to be very difficult to tell if the RMT are on strike and thousands of trains are cancelled it's difficult to see why you would be paying overtime to uh, train drivers but well we can see about that maybe it's one of those things where they thought okay well we can we can look as though we're taking action with an overtime ban and it's not going to make any difference because there wouldn't be any overtime anyway but we can just say it Ah, oh, I don't know if that's true I do know that um, a well-placed union source tells me that this might be going on until quotes we get a new government and if that is the case then uh, well heaven help the poor rail passenger heaven help the rail industry because constantly to undermine 
travellers' confidence to say, effectively, you can't more plan anything more than two weeks ahead because uh, there might be a rail strike is very corrosive. And I would say probably pity the poor rail worker who might well find that um, the post-strike railway is quite a lot smaller than the current train operator operation. So I don't know. I just hope that we will get to a uh, solution soon. But at the moment, the normal thing you'd expect when they call a strike is, right, let's go into negotiations, let's try and head this off. Now it's just, um, oh, are you okay? Right, uh, let's tell the passengers there won't be um, many trains. Uh, dispiriting for those of us who depend on trains, but that is the way that the dispute is going. I'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with a bit more cheer. For now, though, from me, Simon Calder, thanks for listening and goodbye. 